Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. The trifecta of spring hunting and fishing activities include chasing wild turkey gobblers, hunting morel mushrooms, and catching giant bull bluegill off of the beds. Now, okay, I'll give it to you. Some guys might argue that uh, catching crappie is the third element of that spring trifecta, but that's arguable. But uh, great fun in the Ozarks, man. Turkey's been gobbling, been lots of birds killed. We're into almost a third week now, and uh, I've been out some and heard some uh, turkeys gobbling. The first morning I went out, went out rather late. You know, you don't always have to be there before sunrise. Uh, had lots of things to do, lots of work to do, so I was a bit late getting out. But went out about 9 o'clock in the morning. It had been a cold night. Been down in the 20s, was so quite cold. And on some of those mornings, gobbles, gobblers don't gobble swell anyway. But went out about 9 o'clock, walked down one of my favorite ridges, uh, almost to the end where it dropped off to some big valleys. That's a great listening point. And uh, cackled real loud and then clucked a few times behind it and got an immediate response on a ridge across a big hollow and actually up over on the next place. But uh, walked that ridge and looked for a few mushrooms and uh, had a great time. Boy, the dogwoods are blooming big time. The, all my favorite wildflowers are out, and it's just a great spring morning. But uh, I didn't have much time to hunt, so I kind of made it slowly back towards the truck and down the ridge, and I'd stop every little bit and called and i could tell that the gobbler was moving because when he gobbled the second time he had closed the distance between me and him by about a third so i was beginning to get pretty interested in this gobbler so i cut off down a spur of the ridge that was headed in the direction that that gobbler was coming from now he was going to have to cross a pretty good valley to get to me and i wasn't sure he would do that but uh, when I called again, he gobbled a third time. Uh, boy, he had closed the distance considerably. So I sat down behind a uh, by a big white oak tree. Of course, the tree was wider than my shoulders to help protect me from the backside. Got all set up to have a great morning of doodling with this smart old gobbler. Things were looking pretty good. And then I heard something walking through the leaves, and I put my cheek down on my shotgun, got semi-prepared for a shot, and just up over the lip of the hump there, two dogs popped up. End of turkey hunt. <laughs> Part of it, you know. Uh, kind of get makes me upset in the springtime when people are letting their dogs run loose all over the countryside, and uh, they often interfere with turkey hunts like this. This is not the first time that I've had a turkey hunt messed up by free-ranging dogs, but I didn't have a lot of time anyway, so I headed to, to my favorite mushroom hunting spot. You know, sometimes hunting morel mushrooms is a little bit more than turkey hunting, at least to me. 
But another great thing I headed to a river bottom that I've been to many, many times and found just a handful of uh, morel mushrooms. But again, the wildflowers were popping up everywhere. Wild Sweet Williams, some of my favorites. Of course, all kinds of violets popping up. Saw a lot of yellow rocket out in the fields. Well, the color uh, just coming on strong, and I absolutely love it. Uh, but many, many times after I finish up a turkey hunt, whether it's early in the morning or whether it's right up to 1 o'clock, I have a favorite lake of about 15 acres, a private lake that I like to sneak off to. Of course, I have permission to, to fish there. Great, great times. There are many times when I've taken just an ultralight uh, spinning rod and a little box of spinners and uh, walk the banks most usually because uh, in this Clear Lake, I can see bluegill beds that are formed, and often you can see just giant bull bluegill the size of your hand, you know, protecting those nests. Sometimes there's big females there as well. And when you catch them bedding like this, boy, it is great, great fun because you can catch them almost every cast. And I've learned over the years that uh, these colonies of beds, you can fish them for a few minutes, jerk several fish off there. And I do toss the females back because they're in the process of laying eggs and uh, that's your future fish. So I don't I don't like to put them in a skillet, so to speak. But uh, you can fish these beds for a few minutes and They'll start to get a little skittish, but you can just walk on around the lake and find a, another one and uh, do the same thing. And I've actually lots of times in some of the small ponds take my kayak or just a canoe or a small boat and uh, rotate from bed to bed to bed, and you catch four, five, six out of each one. And uh, if you got several beds to rotate between, by the time you uh, the fishing slows down on the last one, you can rotate back to the first one and is it ever ever fun to catch a big bull bluegill on ultralight tackle that's a good thing those things don't weigh 15 pounds they tear your gear up and of course my favorite way to catch these big bluegill is actually to take them a light fly rod with just a handful of small poppers surface poppers and you put that popper anywhere close to a bluegill nest and they're going to attack it with a vengeance because quite often they're not interested in eating that bug they just want to move it away from the, the nest. But in the process, you can catch a, a lot of fish like that. It's so, so much fun. And bluegill do uh, nest for a long period of time in the central United States. And uh, you may be able to catch bedding bluegill over the course of a month or two. Actually, and it gets up in real hot weather. I love to jump in a pond with a belly boat and some kick fins on. And you're not only... Cooling your body off, but you're having a great, great deal of fun, too, paddling around and hitting these bluegill beds. But uh, I love to eat bluegill. They're actually my most favorite fish to eat. A big bluegill has some real shoulders on him, and that's good, firm, sweet, white meat. And, yeah, you're not going to get a, a big fillet off of them. Usually I sell them ever fillet them. I like to cook them whole in a cast iron skillet with hot grease. Over a campfire, if at all possible. But um, in my Outdoor Celebrity Cookbook that I produced in 1999, uh, well-known walleye fisherman, Keith Gavias, uh had a recipe that I've tried many times, and it's actually very good, and it's called Bluegill Guy Pan. That's G-U-I. And Keith says this is a quick little recipe for preparing fish in a wok. 
and he's actually used walleye, bluegill, perch, white bass, and many other thinly cut and not too fatty fish. And G-U-Y, R-G-Y, is the Chinese word for chicken. And Keith says he just uh, uh, use it here because uh, his kids like the way it sounds. Good enough for me. But to do the bluegill guy pan, you're going to need two cups of fish fillets. Maximum thickness should only be about a quarter inch. Two tablespoons of soy sauce, uh, one tablespoon of oriental sauce, a quarter cup of oil, uh, and less may be needed, and a half tablespoon of garlic salt. Coat with oil your electric wok or frying pan at high temperature. Add fish, soy sauce, and garlic salt. Brown the fish and attempt to keep fillets intact by flipping the fish with a, a pancake flipper. Add oriental sauce. Cook and cover for about five minutes and only turning the fish once. The dish can be served with rice or potatoes and will have a nice dark gravy with it. Oh, that's that's good stuff. And it's very quick and easy to prepare as well. So uh, that's, a, that's a recipe to keep back in your mind. You don't always have to fry fish. But old Virgil Ward, you know, he was a famous fisherman here in Missouri, one of the first movie star fishermen way back in the day. But he liked oven fried crappie fillets, and you can do the same thing with bluegill fillets. Use a pound of fillets, roll them in lemon-lime soda batter. Uh, place them on non-sticking baking uh, dishes. Bake in a pre-ho- preheated oven at 450 degrees for 12 minutes or until fillets Flake easily when tested with a fork. Another really simple recipe that that produces a very good uh, uh, fish. Where's Bill Dance? He's an old-time fisherman, too, still around. Uh, still actually on Bass Pro's uh, fishing team, I think. But Bill likes a fish chowder. He says to take four to five slices of bacon, uh, crisp, broken into pieces, two medium onions sliced, two cups of Irish potatoes, two tablespoons of butter or margarine, a teaspoon of salt, four cups of milk, four cups of water, two pounds cubed boneless fillets. Now bring to boil the bacon, onions, potatoes, salt, and four cups of water. Reduce heat and simmer 10 to 15 minutes. When potatoes are nearly soft, put in cubed fish fillets. Cook fish until tender. That's about 15 minutes. Add milk and butter. Bring to a boil and simmer until soup is hot. Salt and pepper to taste. Now, a lot of people may think they don't like fish chowder, but give it a chance. Boy, I tell you, is it ever good uh, stuff. And I've actually, I camp up on the Missouri River occasionally and, and uh, trying to catfish, but quite often I get Asian carp jump into the boat, and we're all familiar with those things. And But they do have a, a white, firm backstrap on them on either side of their backbone and i quite often when i'm camping will uh, flay that out and chunk it up in little little cubes like bill dances talk about and use a very similar recipe to make fish chowder that i can enjoy sitting in my camp chair with a couple of catfish poles set up in holders and kick back and enjoy my fish chowder while i'm fishing for catfish but that is a great great way to use the uh Asian carp, but there's tons of other fish recipes, and of course there's none that we like any better than good old golden pan-fried panfish, whether it be crappie, walleye, small bass, bluegill, 
catfish, they're all great when they're fried up. But as their doctors will tell us, we don't need to always be eating uh, a constant diet of, of fried foods. But then on top of all of that, we can talk about, uh, uh, I've just talked about fish. We can talk about turkey. And I've spent a good bit of time a few days ago on turkey recipes. And of course, you can top all that off with the morel mushrooms, man. You can go out and pick those things and wash them up. I like to cut them in half. I like to soak them in salt water. That kind of gets all the little bugs and, and the dirt and stuff out of the uh, crevices in the uh, morel mushrooms. But you can roll those things in an egg batter, maybe in, in a flavored uh, or spiced flour, and just drop them into hot grease. And, boy, when they turn golden brown, they're ready to come out. And I tell you, it's, uh, it's an annual tradition in my household that we have fish and turkey and uh, wild morel mushrooms, and all these activities are a great way to get into the outdoors and uh, share it with family and friends and have some great time, make some great memories. And, boy, I tell you what, you'll never forget those great meals, particularly if you had them outside. And to me, that's living the outdoor dream. Try it yourself. Gather up some friends and family and live your outdoor dreams. I'm Bill Cooper. The Living the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Cowtown USA, Alps Outdoors, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, The Fly Rod Journals, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, and Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm. We live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.